Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to another Ilmfi podcast uh, with your host Shabir Hassan. Uh, alhamdulillah, I hope you've been enjoying all of the episodes so far. Uh, today, uh, coming back to it, inshallah, we've got another uh, amazing guest with us uh, who I'm meeting for the first time actually, subhanallah. Um, I think to be honest, we have met before. Uh, but formally today, alhamdulillah, I get to, to meet him and to have a, a proper conversation with him uh, on the podcast, inshallah. He's none other than our Ustad Jamal Abdul Nasir. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullah. How are you? Alhamdulillah, very well. How are you? Alhamdulillah, very, very well. Thank you so much for, for joining us. No, thank you for inviting me. Alhamdulillah, pleasure to have you on. And subhanallah, uh, we, had, we had quite a few requests, I'm not going to lie, uh, to, to have you on, mashallah. And... Uh, I mean, that's the thing that our circle is very tightly connected. So I know a lot of people that you know, mashallah. Um, so it's it's genuinely a pleasure uh, to have you on. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so I know you've 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 been on podcasts before, uh, so you know how it is. And um, we wanted to have a discussion on a few different points today. Um, a lot of people would would know you as someone who, mashallah, as is is a passionate uh, student and teacher of the Quran. And uh, that's where I wanted to start. Every time we've done many episodes before in the past speaking about the Quran, and I always ask the question to each person because everyone's journey is different. Um, SubhanAllah, it's, it's amazing. Everyone has a journey. Everyone, you know, there's some people that memorize the Quran at a very young age, others memorized it even later, others connected with the Quran at an older age. So I just wanted to start off just by getting a glimpse into into your life and your journey. With the Quran, like where did it begin? Was it always like from childhood that this was pushed, or, or you know, at what stage did you really feel like this is this is it? This is what I want to dedicate my life to. And I'd like to begin firstly by uh, asking Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala to accept the efforts of Enfid. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala place a lot of uh, blessings and barakah in the work that you are doing. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala allow it to continue to spread and benefit uh, many people. For many people have benefited thus far. And we ask Allah Jalla to allow it to even reach further places and to reach the world. Where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is able to do all things. Allahumma amin. Um, uh, for one to speak about himself is not uh, <laughs> easy, uh, but uh, to summarize, I'd say that the focal um, aid for me after Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's aid has always been my teachers, mm. and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has blessed me right from the beginning. With amazing teachers, from the first one to the current ones, yeah. and I wouldn't describe any of them to be any less than Ahl al Quran. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala knows the reality. Mm. But the truth of the matter is, by the uh, cultivation and by the nurturing and by them bringing me close to them, I developed a love for the Quran, and it wasn't mujarrad a mere class where I'd come and read my hivs and my that stuff mm. and go. Rather, it was an upbringing, an actual Quranic upbringing. So that's what's helped me, alhamdulillah. And what plays testament to that is the statements of my parents. Because mm. normally when people speak about this, these kind of journeys, they say, after Allah's aid, it was my parents. <coughs> yeah. And I was saying that in the beginning, until I heard them say contrary. I heard them say, after Allah's aid, it was his teachers. Mm. So I realized if my parents are admitting this, <laughs> and my parents are stating this, then it must be true. 
So this is how it's been. But how would you how would you define that? You know, your the way that you're uh, describing your experience. You're saying it it wasn't just going into class, which many people yeah, do. They go into yeah. class, recite, come out, memorize, hift. Um, how would you describe your? How would you say yours was different? Because a lot of people sure. can't can't kind of fathom that. Uh, okay, so thinking about it now, I'd say that the best way to explain it is. Mm. The verse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Imran where he says وَلَكِنْ كُونُوا رَبَّانِيِّينَ بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تُعَلِّمُونَ الْكِتَابِ وَبِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَدْرُسُونَ And be رَبَّانِيِّينَ Be these people who uh, cultivate others, nurture others, have a fundamental role in their lives. بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تُعَلِّمُونَ الْكِتَابِ وَبِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَدْرُسُونَ Via the teaching of the Qur'an and the study of the Qur'an. So this is what they did. So right. I would go to the class, I would go to the madrasa, and I'd find a teacher at the end of the class not wanting to leave. Because mm. uh, in our days, <coughs> the teacher, the madrasa for him is, is a job. Yeah, yeah. So if the time is up, they leave. Mm. But my teachers, all of them, by consensus, they would want to spend more time with us. Not us wanting to spend time with them, they would want to spend mm. time with their students. And they would say, you are our children. You are our, you know, progeny. Mm. We want to uh, invest our time into you. So after the class, they would allow us to eat with them, allow us right. to sit down with them, speak with them, make jokes with them, mm. travel with them, some of them. So all of these things, Taban, your, your, your love for the teacher will be different. Of course. The way you respect and see that teacher will be different. It has mm. to be, naturally. Because this teacher, he is now giving you his life, more or less. His personal time he's giving to you now. Yeah. He's giving you his days, his nights. I remember that my classes used to be three days a week in the evenings after school. And in the end, it got to a point where I was visiting the madrasa every single day, seven days in the week. And on Saturdays and Sundays when I didn't have school, I would be there from Fajr. Because that particular <laughs> teacher of mine, yeah. he used to live in the masjid. <laughs> he used uh -huh. to literally live there. So because he, that's where he's staying, I would yeah, go yeah. from Fajr and stay the whole day. The whole day. So breakfast with him, lunch with him, wow. dinner with him, speak with him, Quran with him, talk with him, laugh with him. So he's your friend. Wow. Everyone has his friend. My teacher was my friend. <laughs> oh, nice. So that's the suhbah, like the, yeah, the companionship that you that's had. Yeah. Uh, subhanallah, that's amazing. So where, forgive my ignorance, where was this? Where were you having these classes? So the initial tahfid happened in North London, in Tottenham. Okay, in a masjid London. by the name of Masjid al-Sunnah. Okay. In Tottenham, Bruce Grove. Okay. Alhamdulillah. And that's where you did your, your hev. My hev, uh, yeah, Because it's interesting to know, I, again, sure. I, something I always ask when it comes to students of knowledge, um, people who have studied, I always ask, where did you study? Because there's, there, there's, there's an important element here because a lot of people would think, you know, we've discussed this many times before, that you can only uh, study and have this experience abroad. You can uh -huh. only have it, you know, in an Arab country, for mm -hmm. example. Mm -hmm. But then the fact that uh, you studied here in North, uh, like yeah, North yeah. London, not too yeah, far. Yeah. The dynamics are completely different. For sure. Because you still had for to sure. go to school. For sure. You still had to sure. face many of the challenges sure. that the youth are facing for sure. today. For sure. But alhamdulillah, you, you, you were able to overcome that. No, one is able to learn the Quran um, wherever he is mm. and whatever his circumstance. And uh, the Sahaba, as we know, some of them embrace Islam at an old age. Mm. Some, of the, some of them specifically, they embrace Islam over 40 and they learn the Quran after that. So it's not to do with age or it's not to do with, with your, where you're from or yeah. your background or <coughs> if you had an early start, if you had a late start. It's to do with tawfiq from Allah Azza wa Jal. But mm. if we speak about what you can come with, it's to do with passion. Yeah. For if someone doesn't have passion, even if they are in these countries that we are speaking about, the yeah. Arab world, etc., 
they won't learn the Quran. There's no yeah, passion yeah, yeah. there. And we find that. We find people when we go there, yeah. they don't know the Quran. They don't know it very well. They can't read it properly, etc., etc., etc. Because they're lacking, yeah. they're lacking passion. So how long would you say um, after tahfil and after memorizing the Quran, yeah, yeah. Uh, just to give people an idea, in terms of now, obviously, hifz is one thing, and then you have refining your mm. tajweed, you know, your, your recitation. How long can you put a, a limit? Can you put a time on that, or is it like something that's ongoing? No, it's ongoing. It's, it's ongoing. ongoing. <laughs> it's ongoing. The, tajweed yeah. and refining recitation, etc. Um, some of them they say that it is the smallest science in the entire Sharia. Mm. Why is it the case? It is the case they say because it deals with the articulation points and the attributes of 29 letters of the Arabic alphabet. That is it. Mm. It is not a science that increases day by day. Yeah, it's yeah. not a science that requ- requires fatawa, like fiqh or mm. aqidah. Depending on someone's question or inquiry, a scholar will have to give an answer. Mm. So they may have to give a, a view. Yeah. But Tidrit is not like that. So they say this science, its importance is very high because it's related with the book of Allah Jalla wa'ala. Yeah. But its content, what it speaks about, is very, very small. However, because it's very intricate and mm. detailed, it does take a long time though. So it could be the smallest science in the Sharia, but it takes a while to really uh, exercise your tongue, etc., and mm. reach a level of proficiency. So I'd say it's very much ongoing for myself. <laughs> so how how long um, have you like? What was your experience like after memorizing? Um, okay, okay. You know, tell us a bit about you know again that journey. That give us some insight into when you were reading to your teachers. Uh, you know, were they strict? What were the kind of things that you were challenges that you were facing along the way? Um, I wouldn't know where to begin because I've had a number of teachers, hef okay. teachers, like post hef yeah, teachers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where would we begin from? <laughs> <laughs> so let's say post hef. Okay. Um, now, because you know, a lot, a lot of times, what I found as well is that when when you have, uh, you know, people who are a bit younger when they memorize the Quran at a younger age, then the focus isn't. As much on tajweed, it's more so on just memorizing and yeah, getting it yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. So, did you have a similar experience, or did you feel like no, from the get go, the focus was on tajweed as well? Uh, not necessarily. No. Okay. Yeah. When it when it became post hifth mm. with the post hifth teachers, it kind of began then. To yeah, be honest. Okay. Yeah, that's when it began. So let's start from there then. <laughs> okay. Um, so when I finished the Quran, alhamdulillah, um, I began a path of uh, pursuing. The sciences that are related to the Quran, mm. and the first one that you normally begin with is Tajweed. Yeah, it's the smallest one, like we mentioned. So I began that. Uh, Alhamdulillah, it's a very practical science, um, and it takes a while to um, reach mastery. Mm. And I haven't reached mastery right now. But the way I I manage to do it is by reading upon various teachers mm. and benefiting from them. So oral reading. So yeah. I would read, and they will say, "Okay, that's wrong. How is it right? It is like this." Mm. And this is like one of the um, oldest sunnahs of the Prophet or one of the first sunnahs because this is how he taught the Quran this is how mm. he passed it over he would read to his sahaba and they would listen and after they had finished they would finish listening they would read back mm. and he would listen and if there's a error he would correct and if there's no mistake he would affirm for them yeah. so that same manner is how how we took the path and after that a person moves on to another stage when they f- um, work on that which is the stage of Ijazah, something yeah. called Ijazah. Uh, I don't think we should go into that. <laughs> if you wish, we can, but it is something that is maybe <laughs> heavy for some sure, people sure, sure. to understand. Well, just, to, just to maybe explain, what is the concept of Ijazah? Uh, an Ijazah uh, is, is a license. Right. It's a certificate. Yeah. 
and this certificate it just states that uh, your recitation is a sound one it mm. is correct we have listened to you so the teacher will state that he has listened to you and he says in the end that we have given permission for you to recite and teach the Quran wherever you may be right that's pretty much yeah there's a license to basically go and to teach, teach. yeah but yeah. to be fair Allah Azzawajal has given a license before all of that in the Quran <laughs> where Allah says <laughs> Allah has given this is a command verb imperative yeah so Allah says read anyway so one can't say if you don't have this you can't teach or if you if it's only for those who have it etc it yeah. doesn't really work like that for sure. we find people who don't hold these things and they're much more qualified than the ones who do mm-hmm. hold it and vice versa Okay, That's I see what, what you mean. It's, it's become, I mean, it, obviously it is important, yeah, but at yeah. the same time, it's also like a formality, we could say, to get that seal of approval. Yeah, it has a level of importance, but it's been taken maybe to new heights now. Yeah. Heights are not needed. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Okay, so so you have the, alhamdulillah, you have the Ijazah uh, stage. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah. Um, and then is there, can you develop thereafter, continue? So after that, you're pretty much like licensed now, you're good to okay. go. So right. one can continue the path or one mm. can just end there. It depends on the person's ambition. Right. Um, so after that, if one does continue to go on, they will go on to uh, Al-Qira'at, which is the various modes of recitation. Mm. And as we know, the Quran has been revealed in various modes of recitation for ease. Yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he sent down the Quran to the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam. And when the Quran came down in the first instance, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, My ummah are weak. And they are unable to read the Quran in this one way. Mm. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, finally he sent down the Quran in seven ahruf. And this is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala making it easy for the ummah of Muhammad wasallam. So one can move on to these things. Right. And it's just the Quran, but it is uh, <coughs> different pronunciations here and there that bring about richness in meaning yeah. and show how the Arabic language is a very rich language mm-hmm. and also it brings about a lot of benefits in terms of the tafsir and the understanding of the Quran also right so one moves on to that if they if they want yeah because this yeah. is something that we wanted to to, to discuss <laughs> yeah yeah a bit bit further qiraat uh, because it's something we haven't really discussed on the podcast before oh, okay, okay. so i thought it would be good and beneficial inshallah yeah, for our viewers because again it's one of those things that wouldn't say it's it's not like a lost science, but it is rare sure, for sure, someone sure. to get to that level, and then and especially for the for the general people who mm. know how to recite the Quran. A lot of people, like I've come across personally, a lot of people are surprised when they hear a different yeah, yeah. to what they are accustomed mm. to. Sometimes you get people that are like the Imam made a mistake. Yeah, in yeah, salah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, no, 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 he didn't make a mistake. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. a different qira. They're yeah, like, what? There's, yeah, yeah. there's a different way of reciting the Quran. Yeah, yeah. So I think people get confused, and for that reason, I thought it would be good to kind of clear up that confusion up, yeah. for people to have a basic kind of. Obviously, we can't sure. in one podcast. For we sure, can't for sure. go into it uh, as in detail, but definitely to clear up a few things. Inshallah. So okay, okay. So one thing you mentioned is, which is a really important point, is that obviously. This kind of uh, provides a bit more flexibility in the meaning. So, are we then saying that by the pronunciation changing, by one thing here and there changing? Sometimes it's actually letters, right? Yeah, that yep. change. Sure, sure. So, to an outsider, it looks obviously it's a completely different word. So, therefore, they could argue that okay, so that means the Quran has different meanings. So, are we? But uh, from what you're saying, there's no change in meaning per se what are we no. saying so the quran doesn't negate each other yeah the quran doesn't negate itself mm. the quran complements itself yeah and the quran strengthens itself 
not say the Quran is weak, so you need strengthening. Mm. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in Surah Al-Nisa, وَلَوْ كَانَ مِنْ عِنْدِ غَيْرِ اللَّهِ لَوَجَدُوا فِيهِ اخْتِلَافًا كَثِيرًا If this Quran was from other than Allah, then surely they would have found within it a lot of contradictions, a lot mm. of mistakes and errors. So the Quran is free from that. And the Quran yeah. doesn't have any of that. And if we give some examples, perhaps it will make sense. So if we begin with Surah Al-Fatiha, the viewers may be able to relate with that. Sure. Allah Jalla wa'ala, he says, Maliki Yawmiddin. And he says, Maliki Yawmiddin. And the Qiraat of the Quran are ten. And we find six of them reading Maliki Yawmiddin. So the majority are actually Maliki. Mm. And the minority are Maliki. What do these two words mean? <coughs> Malik means the owner, the one who possesses something. And Malik is king. Mm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the owner of the Day of Judgment. And he is the king of the Day of Judgment. So when you look at these two words, they seem different. And they are different. Yeah. Let's just be very frank. An owner isn't a king and a king isn't an mm. owner. Mm. Uh, but it is two attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he possesses and their marja' and their mu'adda is wahid. Mm. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is the owner of that day and he is the king of that day. What does this mean? A king now, he is the highest authority of the land. Mm. But he doesn't own the people. They're not his people. Yeah. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the king of that day and he owns every single person on that day and the day itself. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says that in other places in the Quran. Who does the dominion belong to? Who does it belong to? It belongs to Allah. He responds to himself and he says, It belongs to myself. Mm. And you find these two words in the Quran anyway in other places. Yeah. <coughs> What's after that? Malik al So you find Malik there. Yeah. So you find these other attributes in the Quran elsewhere. So to find mm -hmm. it in one place, it shows you now that the Quran really is just strengthening itself. Right. The Quran is bringing about a bigger and better and greater beauty for itself. That's all it is. If we give another, with yeah. more examples, things become sense. Yeah. Allah says in Surah Al-Baqarah, They ask you, O Muhammad, in regards to alcohol. And they ask you in regards to gambling. Mm. Say to them, O oh Muhammad, fihima, in these two things, alcohol and gambling, ithmun kabir. There is great sin. Mm. A qira'ah has come. Hamza and Kisai, they read, fihima, ithmun kathir. Mm. These are two words yeah. from the onset. Kabir means big, great. Kathir means quantity, means something that's big in number, mm. large in number, a number of things. Okay, how do you understand that now? Someone may say, why is the Qur'an saying two different things? The Qur'an is saying one thing. Mm. But if you understand it and you pay attention, you will come to terms with the Qur'an yeah, saying. Yeah. When somebody is intoxicated due to consuming alcohol, then their mind is not present. So they will fall into the greatest of sins, the kabair, the big sins. They won't do small things that a person who is not intoxicated will fall into. Like, for example, mm. lying, although it's from the great sins as well. But this is something that someone who's intoxicated and someone who's not intoxicated can both fall into. Yeah. But the person whose mind is not present, they fall into adultery. They fall into theft. They fall into murder. They can fall into these great sins. Mm. And they fall into a number of sins in the other qira'a, meaning because they are intoxicated, and their mind is not present, their mind does not tell them, you have done a great sin, stop there. Don't do a second one tonight. No, they'll do a second one, and a third one, and a fourth one. So they fall into many sins. That's where Kathir comes from. So these things, when you appreciate it like that, you see the Quran is, subhanAllah, mm. very rich. Very vast in, very vast. Very vast in meaning. No, okay, no. that makes sense. So we have, we have these meanings complementing each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. 
and especially obviously like you mentioned when it comes to the tafsir sure, then sure. You, you can take a lot more uh, yeah, and benefit yeah. from the meaning a lot more okay so that's interesting so that's that's one part of it which is uh, to do with the meaning so we've, we've clarified that uh, yeah. and again it's one of those things that even even uh, like a lot of people today they come up with these arguments yeah. and they are arguing uh, in order to you know like uh, negate to the Quran they yeah. try to say ah oh, but look if you if you if you Muslims are claiming it's one that Quran, it's yeah. one Quran why and it hasn't changed versions why yeah. is there different versions for, yeah you know yeah. so this is an argument sure so so it's good to to clarify, clarify this definitely um, all right something else uh, about Qiraat let's go back to um, the history okay um, because how did this develop meaning that was it from the time of the process of the Sahaba that you know the Quran was in was recited in different ways, uh-huh. or was it like did it come later? How how can we understand that? Sure, this was right from the beginning. Okay, so like we mentioned earlier, the Hadith, the Prophet ﷺ received the Quran in these number of styles, mm. and the Prophet ﷺ <coughs> he would transmit these styles to the Sahaba. So he would call and summon a specific companion, a Sahabi. He yeah. would recite to him and pass on the Quran. In that style He would yeah. call a different one And pass it on In a different style This is during the time Of revelation During the 23 years Of the Prophet ﷺ's Prophethood and message right. So some of the Sahaba Between themselves They had no idea That this was happening mm. And there are reports Where some of them Met up In other places And they would uh, Grab hold of each other Etc Like yeah. in Sahih al-Bukhari Where Umar ibn al-Khattab He prayed behind A companion By the name of Hisham ibn Hakim And he said Umar said I heard Hisham Recite the Quran in the prayer and he read Surah Al-Furqan in a way that the Prophet ﷺ didn't read to me and Umar is ma'roof if Umar sees something incorrect <laughs> Umar will correct yeah, 100%. so Umar said I uh, contained myself and I remained patient until he had terminated the prayer then I went to him I grabbed hold of him from his neck from his shawl and I took him to the Prophet ﷺ and I said O Messenger of Allah inna hadha qara'a Surah Al-Furqan ma he said Indeed, this he didn't even say had rajul. He said this, this, that's it, <laughs> to show his anger. Yeah. He read Surah Al-Furqan in a way that you didn't read to me, and he's still holding him. So the Prophet ﷺ said, "Arsilhu ya Umar, let go of him first." So he let go of him, and he said, "Read ya Hisham." Hisham read the same way he read earlier, and the Prophet ﷺ said, "Hakada unzirat." It was revealed that way. Mm-hmm. وَأَنْتَ إِقْرَأْ يَا عُمَرْ Umar read also. Umar read the same verses, but the way he learned, which mm-hmm. is different. And the Prophet والسلام, he said, Hakada unzirat. Affirming that these two modes of reading that you both read mm. have both come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in the end, that was clarified just like that. So some of these things, to go back to what you were saying, they took place at the time of the Prophet. And here in this narration, there is a benefit. If this was to cause um, fitna and to mm. cause trouble and to cause uh, confusion, then the Prophet والسلام, would have said, don't do this from now on. Mm-hmm. But he didn't mention that. He just clarified the matter and he let them both go. And yeah. that was it. And you have another narration, Sahih Muslim, where Ubay ibn Ka'bin, who was from the most elite of reciters of the Prophet mm-hmm. companions, he said, Kuntu fil masjid, I was in the masjid. Rajulun, a man came and prayed beside me. Ali. He read a recitation I made in Karov. A recitation that I didn't agree with. Mm-hmm. And he said a second man came and he read contrary to the first one and also a qira'a, a recitation that I made in Karov as well. <laughs> so now you have three recitations, his one and the two men that have come, all different. 
I grabbed both of them. We all entered upon the Prophet and we said, Oh Messenger of Allah, this is what has happened. He requested each one of us to read and he said after each one's reading, And then Ubay he says something amazing. He says, He said, A doubt concerning that which the Prophet said came to me. A doubt like I a doubt the likes of it I didn't even have in Jahiliyyah mm. in the time of ignorance before <coughs> we came to Islam. Yeah. So when the Prophet والسلام, saw what befalls me and how I became, he struck his hand on my chest. He said, I began sweating. And it's as if I saw Allah, as in, he means, as if I saw the truth. I understood the truth. That's what he's trying to say. Mm. And I realized this. So even here, they mention on the commentary of this hadith that even the Sahaba was worse came to him, the Shaytan came to him because the Prophet is telling him a message. He's getting was worse and doubts from that. Mm. So this is something that can happen. But alhamdulillah, we have teachings and we have traditional teachings that teach us that yeah. this is the only way that people come to terms with learning about this science. Mm. In the mihrab, the Imam has to read it there and then. There's nowhere else to, to really teach it. Unless, because when you're studying it, it's for a specific group, those who are on that level. Mm. But for the masses, the only way they're going to hear about it is going to be yeah, in, yeah. The prayer, in the prayer. So what would one of the wisdoms be behind the Prophet ﷺ, um, you know, teaching different companions in different ways? Is it is it perhaps that some of these companions spoke in a different dialect sure. and that was more suitable for them? Sure. So the Qur'an, they, they have a lot of wisdoms behind mm. its its um, existence. But the main two is the meaning, like we mentioned earlier, yeah. And also ease. Okay. So with ease, it is due to the dialects and the different places <coughs> the Sahaba were from. So the Sahaba of the Prophet ﷺ, they were like the Arabs of today, in the sense where the Arabs of today, they are from different areas and different lands, mm. and they speak differently. And yeah. the Sahaba were just like that. Although they were all in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, they were all in Mecca and Medina, but they were from different areas, different mm. regions, so they spoke differently. So you find some of them unable to... Uh, pronounce an alif and say Musa, Isa, Yahya. They have to say Musa, Isa, Yahya. They can't do other mm. than that. There's a report that the Prophet والسلام, he was with one of the companions, although some of the scholars they don't authenticate it. This is why I meant about heavy. Now I may get heavy. Yeah. Inshallah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it light, inshallah. And he was teaching him Surah Taha. So he said, Bismillah Rahman Rahim, Taha. And the companion said, Tahe. And that went back and forth. Mm. And it shows because he's unable to do this other reading. Sure. Because he doesn't speak like that in his day-to-day mm. Arabic. He speaks differently. So the, the Quran came down to uh, facilitate all these different uh, dialects and to allow these people to recite the Quran easily when they come for ibadah, etc. Et et right, I, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we have something similar in English as well, you know, like with the, obviously we have the different accents, accents. And, yeah, the, exactly. and the dialects, right? Exactly. So yeah. up north, someone who's speaking, Exactly. Uh, it, to be fair, even within London, yeah, for sure. like for someone sure. in East London for speaks sure. differently to someone from <laughs> north, <laughs> where, you're, where, where you're based and yeah, the yeah. west, you know, you have yeah, these yeah, yeah. slight kind of shades in the accent. Yeah. So, you know, some people can't pronounce T's, yeah. they'll eat their T's. They, won't, they can't say wait they'll have to say wait wait you see yeah. so yeah. there is a, there is there <laughs> so is some that. some level of relevance here yeah, um yeah. but alhamdulillah that's alhamdulillah. that's that's very interesting to know see it just shows that 
how deep yeah uh, even yeah, though yeah. even though you know for us maybe tajweed like you said you know technically it's based on the 29 letters in the, in the arabic alphabet but yeah, yeah. as far as the further you look into it yeah, yeah. actually it, it gets deep. a lot deeper yeah, for sure, uh, and there's for so sure. much more to study another quick question i was going to ask is um so based on the the famous 10 that you've that you've mentioned um the most we would say famous or popular one mm-hmm. uh, is what many of us are accustomed to hearing you go to haramain um, in Mecca and Medina, you hear that. Most of the masajid, let's say, in, even in the West, you will hear that, um, which is Hafs and Asim. So, w- uh, l- let's just break it down, kind of. Let's, because let's, let's, again, people hear Hafs. What does that even mean? Yeah, yeah. Who is that in reference to? So, let's just sure, talk sure. about maybe a few sure, of sure. The, the, the famous ones. Who were they and how did that side of things develop? Like, why do we attribute sure. it back to them? Sure. So these ten scholars of Quran, mm. they were not companions of the Prophet sure. and they were not even tabi'in. The majority of them, mm. tabi'in meaning the second generation of the Muslims. Yeah, a few of them <coughs> were, but the majority were the third generation. Right. So someone may ask, okay, so if the the Quran came down with these styles at the time of the Prophet why has the, have these styles been named after those who have come later mm, mm. and the reason is very simple it is because they have become uh, those who have become well known for it right. they become those who um, have become established for this qira'a it's like saying the qira'a of uh, Abdurrahman al-Sudais or saying the qira'a of Ali al-Hudayfi or mm. Mishar al-Afasi is it their qira'a does it belong to them? Is it mm. their Quran? Is it their version? It is not. It's just their voice. So yeah. it has become <coughs> attributed to them loosely. Sure. Just like that, it has become attributed to these Imams mm. loosely. So if we give a quick example, we have the most common, which is Hafs and Asim. So Riwayat Hafs and Asim. Uh, it is the one that is recited like across the world pretty much right now. Yeah. The, the scholars of this field, they say this has only been the case for about 300 years. Okay. So prior to that, Hafs wasn't the most common riwayah. Mm. So we have to speak about two things then. Before 300 years, which one was the most common one? Yeah. And how did this one become the most common one? Exactly. What was the reason? Yeah. So if we speak about the, um, what was taking place, what had happened before, they say that the, the Islamic lands, they are divided into east and west, as we know. So the east, uh, Al-Mashriq, they, recite, they used to recite in the Qira'a of Abu Amr. Okay. So the east is like Sudan, it's like Yemen, Asham, these places, uh, Egypt, they would recite in Abu Amr. And the west, Al Maghrib, they would recite in Qira'atu Nafi'a. Nafi'a. Mm. The west, they remain on their Qira'a. So the west is countries like uh, uh, Algeria, uh, Libya, mm. Tunisia, these places, they still read that. So if you visit these lands and you see yeah. these scholars, they read in that way still. Okay. What, what happened in the east though? is a time came where the publications of the Qur'an were being published on a mass level, mass volume. And they found the Qira'a that was famous at that time, common, which was Abu Amr, has a lot of uh, sounds, a lot of different recitations, uh, sounds that are part of the recitation that is hard to write down. For example, uh, Abu Amr reads the alif like ayah. So Abu Amr reads An-Nar as An-Nir Wal-Dir Wal-Absir Wal-Himir So you can't write that down It's right. not an Alif or Iyya It's something in between yeah. So they struggled with that And it also has transmitted uh, The Hamza to be unclear So uh, the letter Hamza is A-E-U 
This qira'a reads ha, he, ho. So they thought, how are you going to write ha? Ha is not a letter. So they said, let's look into all of the qira'at because they are all equal and find the one that has the least of these issues. Mm. And they found riwayat hafs to have the least because riwayat hafs has only one of those alifat Mm. That I just mentioned is Surah Hud. Bismillahi majriha wa mursaha. And Riwayat Hafs also has one of those unclear hamzas in Surah Fusfilat. Mm. They took Riwayat Hafs like that, they focus on it, and they publish its masahif, and that's it. Riwayat Hafs took over. That's ah, pretty much in a nutshell. I see. So that that's one became happened. more popular. Yeah. And that's like worldwide now. Yeah. It's not for any other reason. I see. One can't say it's a Sunnah one or it's yeah, a better it's, one. It's not, yeah. Stuff I, like yeah, that yeah. can't really be Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes perfect sense. Okay, so just literally, historically speaking, that yeah, is basically yeah. what happened. For sure. And yeah. khalas, uh, now, now it's become more yeah, popular. Yeah. Yeah, so um, can we perhaps get uh, a demonstration uh, for, for our viewers and listeners of, you know, a recitation okay. uh, from yourself, inshallah, okay. of maybe just demonstrating some of uh, the differences um, I know, sorry, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. I didn't no, really fine. tell you to, but if you could, inshallah, that would be very beneficial, inshallah. Okay, inshallah. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem Bismillahir rahmanir raheem Wa khalaqallahu s-samawati wal-arda bil-haqqi wa litujze kullu nafsim bima kasabat wa hum la yudhulamun Afarayta man ittakhada ilahahu hawihu wa adallahu allahu ala ilmin wa khatama ala sam'ihi wa qalbihi wa ja'ala ala basarihi rashwih وَجَعَلَ عَلَى بَصَرِهِ رَشْوَةً فَمَنْ يَهْدِيهِ مِنْ بَعْدِ اللَّهِ أَفَلَا تَذَكَّرُونَ وَقَالُوا مَا هِيَ إِلَّا حَيَاتُنَا الدُّنْيَا نَمُوتُ وَنَحْيِي وَمَا يُهْلِكُنَا إِلَّا الدَّهْرِ وَمَا لَهُمْ بِذَلِكَ مِنْ عِلْمٍ إِنْهُمْ إِلَّا يَظُنُّونَ وَإِذَا تُتْلِي عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُنَا بَيِّنَاتٍ مَا كَانَ حُجَّتَهُمْ إِلَّا أَنْ قَالُوا مَا كَانَ حُجَّتَهُمْ إِلَّا أَنْ قَالُوا اُتُوا بِآبَائِنَا إِنْ كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ قُلِ اللَّهُ يُحْيِيكُمْ ثُمَّ يُمِيتُكُمْ ثُمَّ يَجْمَعُكُمْ إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامِهِ ثُمَّ يَجْمَعُكُمْ إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ وَلَكِنَّ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ Exactly. I, I, I uh, immediately realized a few differences, <laughs> yeah. uh, which I'm. I, that's not how I memorized. <laughs> so, um, I'm not accustomed to. So <clears throat> let's just go through that. So I, I realized a few words. For example, I would have said Rishawa. No, no, no. Right. No. And you said, how did you pronounce it? Rashwa. Rashwa. Yeah. Okay. Fine. And then even obviously the 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 slanted elif. The slanted right? elif. <laughs> on, on a few of the words. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. That I realized that. <laughs> so tell us a bit about how you just recited. Okay. So I recited in the qira'a of Al Kisai. Okay. It is referred to as Al Kisai. And I read uh, some verses from Surah Al Jathiyah. Mm. And so in qira'at, you have. Two branches, mm. if that's a good way of saying it, 
something called usul. So usul is the general principles of the Qur'an. Mm. So a ruling that will be applied throughout the Qur'an. Right. And from that is the majority of what I recited here. Okay. Tutli. <coughs> yeah. uh, this is applied throughout the Qur'an. It's not only in this surah. Mm. And then you have something called furush, which are the differences you find in specific surahs. So Ghashwa, for example, here it is a farshi difference, and it is found only in Surat uh, Al Jathiyah. Um, none of these things have now changed the meaning in what I recited. Yeah, just to clarify, sure. uh, even the word Ghashwa um, and the Ghashwa, it is the same thing, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And 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 one thing that perhaps is very beneficial to mention now is that the writing of the Quran, the Scripture, mm. it can accept both of the readings. Right. So Ghishawa and Ghashwa, clearly when you say it, there's a difference. There's many differences, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, 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 the main difference is that there's an alif. Sure. Amongst other differences. Yeah. Ghishawa. When you say Ghashwa, there's no alif now. So this is a different letter. Yeah. But when you write the Quran, the Sahaba, they wrote the Quran in a specific way. Mm. And so the Quran can take on board these differences. Yeah. Same for Maliki and Maliki. You write course, it one yeah. way, but there are two readings for it. So even if you recite Maliki or Medina, you open the Qur'an now in the recitation that we are accustomed to, you find the Qur'an being scriptured as Maliki or Medina. Mm-hmm. Even for those who write Maliki. The three letters basically, but letters. it would depend on the, the vowel. The vowel. On top. But that, that small vowel, that small <coughs> alif you see between the meme and the lamb yeah. was not ris- written by the Sahaba. Yeah. It's known as Ilm al-Dabt. It has been done by the scholars who came after. Right. So the, the the ulama from the Sahaba who wrote down the Quran, they wrote the Quran without any vowels or dots. Mm. So that small alif was not there. Those who came way after that, they put these things in to make it easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, without those dots, yeah, it's <laughs> very difficult for us. We'll, we'll be stuck. But it's it's beautiful how yeah. the the understanding of the Quran is taken from our pious predecessors. The recitation of the Quran is taken from them, and the scripture of the Quran. This is something people don't even know. So Imam Malik he mentions that. The scripture of the Quran, you can't write the Quran even in the Arabic language. Forget other languages for a moment. Even okay. in the Arabic language, if it's opposing to how the students of the Prophet والسلام, wrote the Quran. I see. What does that mean? That basically means you can't write Maliki or Middin with an alif. Meme, alif, yeah. big alif, lamka. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not allowed to do that as mm. a Quran. Okay. Let alone write the Quran in a brand new language. In the Latin language or English or transliteration. Wow. Transliteration is out the window now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if Arabic is out the window or parts of Arabic is out the window, then different languages are gone out the window. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Was, you, know, you know when you can get, for example, in Hadith, you can get Ijazah. So literally, you know, you'll be part of this chain and it sure, goes sure. directly back to the Sahaba, to the Prophet sure, sure. Is Is this the case? Can you do that with Qira'ah or does yeah, it go yeah. back? As far, you know, for, uh, back to, for example, Imam Hafs, and that's it, it stops it. Or can you trace it further back? So, so with the Isnat, yeah. uh, our entire deen is Isnat. Everything mm. that we have, all these sciences, they have come by Isnat. Yeah. That's how we know they are preserved. Isnat meaning a chain of narration. And it, it will go back to the one who narrated it, yeah. the one who spoke it. So if you're speaking about the Quran, then the one who spoke the Quran is Allah. So it doesn't go back to Imam Hafs or the Prophet mm. Rather it goes back to Allah It is a chain that has been initiated from Allah Allah spoke it So you find it printed in these asanid You will find mm. like Allah written at the top And then you'll say the angel of revelation Jibreel Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam His companion so and so and so on Until you find people of our times right at the bottom mm. 
it goes it's back amazing there. to have yeah. to have such a link alhamdulillah it is alhamdulillah alhamdulillah i think you know i have so many other questions to ask but yeah, i yeah. think i don't want to go too deep because yeah. <laughs> it's going to become a bit uh, yeah. you know uh, some some things get a bit complex maybe for for, sure. for, 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 for sure. people listening yeah. um so alhamdulillah i think i i still think we got a very good insight alhamdulillah um yeah. uh, and background on these things alhamdulillah which is brilliant yeah. uh let's make it a bit light now for sure uh, alhamdulillah i want to come back to <laughs> i want to come back to you know i was okay. waiting for you to say that <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Uh, so let's come back to um, your again your personal journey. Okay. I just want to know, like, okay, Alhamdulillah, you studied these things, Qiraat, and and even to, you're saying till today you're still reciting to your teachers, still refining. Um, I was gonna I was gonna ask, like, how did the Quran, you know, we could even say change your life, or how did it impact you? Um, what effect did the did the Quran have on you as a person? Um, you know maybe even have some stories to tell i don't know but how like what was the impact of the quran on your life a, a massive one yeah. a massive one um the quran has changed my outlook on <clears throat> a lot of things and the way i recognize this is after having this relationship with the quran you begin to behave in a different way mm. you begin to act in a different way you begin to speak in a different way. You begin to think in a different way. And not only that, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses you to come to the realization that it is due to the Quran that you are like that. Mm. And you remember that the Prophet والسلام, that which made him great is the Quran. And you also remember that everything that the Quran is connected to, it has become great. So when you see positivity in your life and when you see uh, goodness in your life and when you see improvement and when you see yourself getting better mm. and you ha you have had this relationship with the Quran you know mm. that it doesn't go back to anything but that so course, specifics yeah. I, I, I'd probably avoid uh, mentioning specific stuff about myself mm. but uh, for sure everything about my life has changed after the Quran everything, oh. everything everything and what what tips would you give practical tips for for people to connect with the Quran, to you know, when it comes to reciting the Quran, obviously there's there's so many we could we could focus on one area, you know, the tips for memorization or tips for refining. But just generally, general tips that you personally would give, practical for people who are listening, watching, and they feel you know what, maybe I am quite distant from the Quran, and I do need to connect with the Quran. What would you say? Uh, I'd say uh, a Muslim, mm. a believer, shouldn't have a day go by except that they have recited something from the Quran. If they are unable to do so, then they listen to the Quran. A person may say, I am unable to read the Quran. I struggle to um, pick up the verses. I don't understand it. Mm. So if you, if you struggle, then listen to the Quran. Listening doesn't require anything from you. It just requires you to put on earphones, headphones, mm. and just mm. listen. And with that, inshallah, a person will have some sort of connection. And we say normally that people are in three categories. Uh, the best category that everyone should aspire to be from is those who have memorized the whole Quran and have inherited the Book of Allah and mm -hmm. have it in their hearts. If you can't do that, then you go to the second category and they are those who are on the path. Yeah. So you're not from the first, but you are try trying your best and you're mm -hmm. working hard. And if you can't even do that due to whatever reason, then at least listen to the Quran. Yeah. Listen to the Quran when you can. So everybody, if if any if people do that, then they will see the Quran benefiting them and impacting them still, even if you listen to it every day. Yeah. The Quran is a source of barakah, however way it comes into your life. 
and of course, even listening to the Quran for sure. has for not sure. only its benefits, for but you're rewarded, right? Just for, for sure. even listening yeah, to the yeah. Quran. Yeah, yeah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will have mercy upon you. If the Quran is recited, listen to it attentively. Perhaps Allah will have mercy upon you. So, for sure, there's a lot of barakah and blessings to be. So there's there's that side of things, um, and then others could you know say that you know what I don't because I don't understand the Quran, mm-hmm. uh, I don't feel that same connection, and then yeah. you know they might even make an excuse that you know you have some of these shuyukh they understand, so therefore you know yeah. they feel the Quran more. Again, what would you say to that? We'll say two things. The first thing we'll say is even if you don't understand the Quran, you are still rewarded. <clears throat> even if you don't understand the Quran, it is still a cure for you. Mm. Even if you don't understand the Quran, it is still a way to attain Allah's mercy. Mm. So in terms of virtues, you are not missing out. Yeah. And if you are, if you feel that you are missing out uh, in respect to the understanding of the Quran, then pick up a translation. Yeah. Pick up a tafsir and read it yourself. Or if you want to go the next step, then learn the language of the Quran. Yeah. And with that, inshallah ta'ala, you will catch up to those who have maybe preceded you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but 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 the people should remember that in terms of reward, for example, the Quran has mighty reward within it. Yeah. Every letter you get tenfold minimum of reward. That is, yeah. and uh, when that hadith was stated by the Prophet والسلام, he made no difference between the one who understands it and the one who doesn't. Yeah, he never said بشرطي أن يكون عارفا بالمعنى. He mm. just said you get rewarded. Anyone who recites it, من قرأ حرفا من كتاب فله به حسنة. So you are rewarded. So don't don't lose the opportunity, I'd say. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I mean, sure, this is the sure. thing, you know. Obviously, when the month of Ramadan comes, that's yeah. when uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll wipe yeah. the dust off uh, the mushaf <laughs> and we'll start uh, reciting. But yeah, you know, yeah, obviously, yeah. well, to be fair, as as it stands, we're less than six months away so from well, Ramadan. So, so well. if anything, we should uh, be starting now. exactly <laughs> start from now before. Waiting until the month of the Quran, Allah, uh, most, most definitely. No, alhamdulillah, I think very good tips there. Uh, and, uh, you know, we are we even running out of time on this podcast. Time, time, time does go very quick. Uh, but may Allah ta'ala bless you uh, for, for all of your work. Um, and I know, mashallah, you are uh, teaching as well the, the Quran. How is that? That must be a completely different experience, right? When you're yeah, for sure, the, for, the Quran. Sure, for sure, for even sure, even here as well sure. in in the masjid, in the masjid, yeah, 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 alhamdulillah. And uh, Allah you know, may Allah, yeah, exactly. May Allah subhanahu wa taala accept it from you and all of your work. May Allah subhanahu wa taala make us all people of the Quran. I know the big, I know the beginning. You mentioned your teachers. You said they are all ahlul Quran, and Subhanallah, I think that's. That's what we all aspire to be. Um, I think one of the other lessons that we can take from what you mentioned is um, just the fact that you know you had that companionship with your teachers yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to continue that. Because again, you know, obviously there's there's way, different ways to learn. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I definitely agree that having a teacher for sure, for sure. that you recite to, yeah, yeah. Uh, that you take advice from, yeah, yeah. that is completely yeah. different yeah. than just Allah having Allah. a very distant Allah. relationship. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Alhamdulillah. 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 bless you. Ameen. Barakallah And uh, thank, thank you, you so once much. again for joining us. May Allah bless you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And for those of you who have tuned in, we hope that you've benefited, inshallah. And inshallah, don't forget to check out Ustaz Jamal's work. And of course, subscribe to our Ilmfeed podcast. And inshallah, we hope to see you again soon. From your host Shabir, from the rest of us, take care. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.